is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the pad. I am your host, Kevin Spotty Blackman Jackson. As you can see, we're coming live from, uh, I guess, the new studio. Y'all got to excuse me. I just moved into a new place, and I don't have everything set up just yet, but that's not going to stop us from getting it in tonight. We definitely need to have an opportunity to talk about this atrocious loss that we just saw this weekend, but also just because I'm a glass half full kind of guy, we're going to talk some positives and we're also going to get into a little bit of discussion about what it is that we can expect going next week versus the Steelers. And of course, we're going to have the lines open so we can live chat. So you guys, you can see, uh, we're going to be ready to go tonight. Uh, the number is right here on your screen, 201-256-1799 if you have an opportunity. Come on in and we're going to get it started tonight, all right? So uh, let's let's begin uh, by talking about this unfortunate tragedy that we happened to witness this past week. And for all the folks who actually spent their hard-earned money and went and, and, and showed up at MetLife Stadium, my condolences. Uh, I apologize <laughs> about what it is that you had to see. Um, I do want to begin, just first off, before I get too far ahead, let me introduce my super producer, Mr. J.R. Brower. How you doing tonight, my guy? Hey, what's going on? What's going on, Spotty? Um... I'd be better with that dub on uh, Sunday. And to be straight up honest with you, this is the first Jet game that I actually fell asleep in the third quarter and fell asleep <laughs> on the game. I, I hate to admit that, but I actually passed out in the third quarter. And Ooh. I woke up to an – I only missed an extra three points. So yeah, I'm, I'm I didn't miss too that. much. But, uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, not, everything's not, good in my way. A little bit of a snooze fest, to be honest with you. But, uh, look, look, obviously we lost. Never a good thing, especially coming uh, back from – you know what was an extremely exciting victory against uh, the Browns, right? Um, but but here we are again. Um, you know, and I, I don't want to say same old Jets because I think this is a slightly different situation than when that used to be. I guess the same old outcome. And until we actually do start to string together some victories, I mean, it's kind of low hanging fruit. It's easy enough to just uh, you know kind of be you know down and out about what it is that we see. And obviously, there are some questions and some things that we need to you know iron out. Um, and some, you know, maybe some difficult, uh, you know, issues that we have to address. But for the time being, um, we did have some spots, um, but not necessarily enough to get the dub. So as you can see, the name of the show tonight is called Overdrawn. Yeah, let me bring right? that up. We're, we're talking about uh, the overdraft protection. Um, Robert Sala keeping all these receipts. And, uh, you know, I guess he's writing checks that his ass can't cash uh, <laughs> as of right now. And that's difficult. We're going to get to the, the whole issue with coaching going forward. But just to kind of begin, when we have a situation like what it is that we have a 27-12 loss against an 0-2 Bengals team uh, that was really reeling coming into the game, had some difficulties with protection. Joe Burrow being sacked, you know, 13 times, 14 times, whatever it is coming into this game and the expectation that our defensive line, which is the highest paid in the league, I guess everybody's really talking about that as of right now. So I'm not going to do anything different. It's not going to be any any changes outside of what it is. I think that you've already heard with regards to that. Um, these guys need to step up to the plate. And I think we saw some of that frustration bubble over uh, when we saw Quinn and Williams go through it with our defensive line coach, White Cotton. I watched that film. Uh, I watched that clip. I, I have to tell you, I watched it quite a few times, actually, just because I'm kind of trying to gauge where it's coming from and obviously you know the, the lack of production is, is something that i recognize immediately as being a problem but i also was kind of watching the body language for some of the guys um that were actually involved in it and and solomon thomas's response to me was really more telling i think i tweeted about this earlier and if, if you don't follow spotty 
Blackman on Twitter is where you can actually get me. I love to chop it up about Jets uh, and, you know, basically almost anything. So hit me up there. Uh, I do feed the trolls. So if you want to troll, I got something for you behind right there on that on uh, as well. Um, but but just to kind of get back, not to get too far, uh, the way that Solomon Thomas responded to me was really kind of telling. I think he was really kind of feeling what Quinnen was saying. And uh, maybe what the coach was saying didn't seem to sit well, I think, with him. But and, and everybody actually, you know, after that kind of jumped up to, to kind of keep Quinn safe. But I think they were trying to do that pro to protect him. Um, when you have this type of loss, it's really kind of difficult to kind of, you know, process that as a player, especially a player that is, uh, you know, really wanting to win, is looking for an opportunity to kind of break out. And, uh, you know, maybe an underlying thing. Uh, he actually has a, a, a contract situation that's going to be coming up soon, and I'm sure that his production and the way that he pro performs going forward is going to be a really important thing for him uh, in particular. Let's kind of get to the stats. Yeah, I don't want to stay on that too long. Um, another miserable performance by uh, you know the corpse of Joe Flacco, unfortunately. 28 of 52, 285 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, obviously, what it is that we saw, we saw you know the, uh, kind of a – yeah, exactly. Just a, a, an abysmal performance from the quarterback in particular. Um, but again, you know, we, we saw some kind of decent, you know, production from the running backs in particular. Uh, Michael Carter, 11 carries for 39 yards. Again, he gets the lion's share of the carries. And, you know, just is slightly outperformed by Brees Hall. Um, Michael Carter averaging 3.5 yards a carry. Brees Hall with eight carries and 39 yards is right at 4.9 almost five yards to carry. I got to think that he's going to have to get more opportunities going forward. Um, I was saying, you know, quite often, actually, as the season started, that we wanted to be a running team. So seeing what it is that we're seeing out of uh, Joe Flacco right now is kind of an anomaly, not necessarily what I think any of us were expecting. And really, I don't think how Mike LaFleur wants this offense to run. Now, obviously, there's a, a silver lining in this, and, and that's the possibility of Zach Wilson returning this week. Um, I think that, uh, you know, kind of a, a limited Pittsburgh Steeler defense is going to give him an opportunity to show up. Um, but I also want to caution that the expectation is we shouldn't expect him to just come out and just ball out immediately. It has been some time since he's actually played and uh, coming back in, he's probably going to have some rust to knock off. Um, and that is going to be something that we're going to have to uh, look out for. Braxton Berrios. Uh, and 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 we're probably going to discuss this a little bit going forward as well. But these jet sweeps and and some of the 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 play calling that we've noticed, sometimes it can be a little suspect. And I, and I just had some questions about that one in particular. When it when I saw it happen, I was just thinking how bad of a play it was. And I know that most of the guys, if if you're watching, and thank you for joining uh, me uh, at the pad tonight. I think maybe you guys probably felt the same way. If anybody has anything different, obviously you can give us a call here at 201-256-1799 and we can discuss it. Um, but, you know, even if you just in the comments, we're going to get to some of the comments here um, in just a moment so we can actually check this out. The receiving yards, a little bit of a bright spot, I think. And we had some question marks about what was going on with Tyler Conklin earlier. Um, he actually showed up this game, eight receptions, 84 yards, a 10 and a half yard average. Not bad for a guy that we were expecting to be, uh, you know, probably a, a pretty solid option for us. Um, if we can get something going on the outside, that would be a phenomenal complimentary performance. Um, but I think that what it is that we saw from Joe Flacco was really kind of lackluster. And it, it, it maybe accentuated something that I think may be um, a bright spot for us going forward when we get uh, Zach Wilson popping. Um, but as of right now, it's just unfortunately just isn't enough. Garrett Wilson, our, our bright, shiny new toy. Six receptions, 60 yards, 10 yards of carry. Had some decent, again, production. Awesome separation. I think anybody that watches the film recognizes that he's open almost every single time. It's ridiculous. I can say something about Elijah Moore in that regard also, because I, I think that that is, is really what maybe we're missing a little bit of um, going forward. So we're really looking forward to what Zach is going to be able to do. Uh, Elijah Moore had four uh, receptions for 49 yards. Brees Hall, my man, again, look, I'm really looking forward to what this kid can do. He had six receptions for 53 yards, 8.8 yards coming out of the backfield. Really excited about what these kids can do. When I say that we had an abysmal performance from the quarterback, that kind of doesn't diminish what it is that we're getting from these these young playmakers. We're looking at this in the framework of an entire team performance. We do got somebody back on the line, so let's get them mad real quick. All right, guy, you're ready to go. Hey, my guy, welcome to the pad. How you doing? What's up, buddy? What's going on? <laughs> Man, it's a, it's good to hear you. Thank you for calling in tonight. You see me over here getting ready to go buck wild. Um, yeah. give, give me give me your points. I mean, get a chance to call and not text and say, listen, for me, I sat there and I watched this game. Yeah, this guy is dependent on this four-man rush. 
we the front seven, but our four is the meat and potatoes of this team. We the meat, that's the meat and potatoes. If they're not getting it done, what I don't understand, my failure to compete, my failure to um, understand is Joe Douglas went out and got all these pass rushers. He went out, he went out and got all these pass rushers, right? So he's, these pass rushers are on the field. You got, what you got? You got Mike Clements. You got Jacob Martin. You got Solomon Thomas. You got Carl Lawson. Will Parks. You got, you got Bryce Huff. You have all these pass rushers. Switch it up. If you want to stay with the four, the four horsemen rush, listen, James, they say who, who time is going to cut. You can, listen, John Franklin Myers to me, he's a, he's, it's a way. That man, since, since, what's it, three years now? Yeah. After he got paid, if you be honest, you haven't heard nothing about him. He hasn't produced anything. Listen, living him, put Bryce Huff out there. Listen, listen hey, we can't be no worse than what we're doing. We can't, it can't go no worse. The plan can't flop no more than what it's flopping. So yeah, let's man. try something new. I don't understand the call that's being made. I don't understand how Salah stands there. I don't offensively. Why is Braxton Burials now being limited? It's a lot of stuff that I'm sitting there and I'm watching them happening. The only logical explanation I get is they're trying to hold back until Zach gets there, and they're trying to make sure that Zach gets a. That's the only thing I can think. Phenomenal points. Um, I think I would have to say that I agree with you on uh, probably about 95% of it. And and that little 5% is just a small thing with regards to John Franklin Myers. I think he actually is being used out of position for where it is that we would expect that he's going to be able to produce. And that just leads to a whole nother question about what it is that they're doing with Bryce Huff right now. Um, but but I think you, you, you've touched upon something that most of us as Jets fans have kind of recognized. And that is that that front four, and I mean, mind you, we're talking about, what, 10, 11 guys really that are on the roster currently? Those guys are not making it work the way that we expected. I saw a stat a little while ago that uh, Carl Lawson is actually leading in quarterback pressures. But, I mean, people are, you know, looking at Carl Lawson like he is completely invisible because he doesn't have the sacks, right? And that's really what it is that we need. The quarterback pressures are great, but getting the guy down and making sure that the play doesn't continue, that's the main goal and we have some difficulty in doing that let, let me let me throw out a couple of stats for you because just in in talking about that uh realistically cj mosley led this team in tackles a linebacker led this team in tackles seven seven uh tackles five assists sheldon rankins who actually did come up with a sack in the second half pretty pretty decent production for him six tackles with the with the one assist quinnon um who i'll just be honest with you i mean quinnon is is it, i think that may be why it is that he's as frustrated as he is he's not actually lighting up the board either but i mean the, the film doesn't lie he's actually getting the, the 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 pressure but he's actually not scoring the points so six six tackles one assist jermaine johnson who i'm who i love and who i see flash even even in the limited reps that he's getting four tackles as well so uh, a lot of the top guys i mean the two of the top uh, four guys or three excuse me three of the top four guys are on that defensive line but we're still only seeing one sack worth of production and i think that them being able to get more pressure is most definitely going to be necessary going forward um look you, you touched upon quite a few things i really thank you for calling in tonight what it is that you think that we really kind of need to do um going up against the steelers um offense next week you think you think we might be able to make some way or, or give me some ideas about what do you think that we we're looking with that this is what i believe i believe i'm going with dj reed dj reed said the biggest thing he said this i remember this if you remember back a long time ago we had ed reed yeah. On our team also. Ed Reed said the same thing. And I think Ed Reed was on the team 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Ed Reed was on the team for sure. <laughs> he said the same thing. There's no communication. The guys in the background are not communicating with each other. You're missing tackles. We need first, we need to be able to, we need to design a system where we can communicate. Hand signals or whatever. So we get out there covering what? They're going to blitz us. They're going to blitz us. Unless Dwayne Brown is back. Unless the Wayne Brown comes back, we know what kind of bike um, Beckner is not going to be back. But if the Wayne Brown makes it back, we probably good because thank God we got Max Mitchell and we got Vera Tucker. And on the left side, if the Wayne Brown come back, Thomason will probably be better, and our run game will get stronger. We're going to have to, we're going to have to run. Mike Tomlin, he's going to blitz. He's a, he's he's already out for blood. He knows that four man rush is going to be ineffective against his offensive line. We got to switch it up. We got to blitz. We got to do something different. Got to happen. And we need to maybe change personnel. I believe change some of the personnel. That, again, is a, is a phenomenal point. Um, we are going to need to make some adjustments, and we're going to talk about that here in just a moment. If you recognize the name of the show in particular tonight is Overdraft Protection, and that you know, is kind of a, a reference to Robert Sala and uh, his comments about, making, about keeping receipts. Um, if you recognize on the screen right now when keeping receipts goes wrong, right, Robert Sala who, you know, I would have to admit the players, uh, you know, kind of felt a certain way about that comment because they understand him as coming to their defense and wanting to keep them 
you know, kind of live and popping right now. Um, but he's kind of making some claims and, and, you know, some assertions right now that I don't think that this coaching staff is able to kind of keep up with. And it's difficult specifically because we want to believe, but as Jets fans in particular, I, I think, you know, we've been scarred, right? When we start to see, you know, these double digit losses piling up where we're not able to kind of maintain competitiveness at any point in time. And these guys, you know, are, are kind of talking and chapping the way that they are in the media. You know, it's a negative thing. It kind of adds to problems with regards to the fans not buying into what Robert Sala is saying, especially um, if the team still looks like they're fighting. Um, at least certain players look like they're fighting. It seems like we have some questions with the veterans that I really don't, you know, I kind of don't understand. God, my man, I, I really appreciate you calling in. Thank you very much. Um, anybody else, hey, if you want to give us a call, like I said, the hotlines are open, 201-256-1799. I'm only going to get back a little bit. I, I want to get back to the comments. My man, Goo-Wop Watson, my man, Goo-Wop. Let's 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 grip that together. You know what I'm saying? Can I hold five? Y'all seen the movie put on him in preseason? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot right now that we can say has really been bright spots when it comes to our rookies. And it seems like real, realistically, the rookies have been the only ones that have really shown anything as of right now, which is that's really difficult. Garrett Wilson is showing up. Brees Hall is actually showing up. And, and I, you know, I know I'm not the only one that that, that recognizes this. But that kid looks like he's ready to bust one at any point in time. JR, what do you think, man? You, you like what it is that you're seeing from Brees? I do, I do. He's got a couple highlights here and there. I want to see more, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, Maybe feeling not, the rock more. Yeah, I don't he's know. Not, he's not getting the carries, man. That's difficult. Yeah, but I also do like, you know, I'm a Tar Heel fan, so I do like Michael Carter. So. That's what I'm and and, and he's, he's been showing off, too, so it's kind of like, I don't know. Look, I'm not mad. And, and you know what? Yeah, I think exactly. That, I think maybe what it is that maybe some of us are missing, and obviously I'm not pointing any fingers um, because I am kind of trying to keep my own head about this. But Michael Carter is, is you know, coming in from last season, was a guy that we thought was really going to be able to kind of, you know, produce some things. And contact balance and all of that, you can tell when you watch this guy play that he has it. Now, we wanted to, you know, kind of temper it a little bit because he right. does have some injury concerns. And I kind of figured that they would go with Brees a little bit more than what they have. It's, it's unfortunate we really kind of haven't seen it. Um, also, that kind of same, you know, thing goes towards what it is that we're seeing from Elijah Moore right now. And there's some questions about if he was actually the number one guy that we were discussing coming out of last season. I think it's just because we see that, you know, Garrett Wilson has been as exciting as he has been over the course of these two games because the first game they kind of they kind of shut him out a little bit. But um, realistically, what it is that we have are two guys that can actually put up wide receiver one type numbers. The hard performance that we saw from Joe Flacco, you know, and, and maybe looking ahead to what it is that we quite possibly are going to get from Zach Wilson. I think it bodes well that both of these guys have the type of talent and skill that it is that they have. What do you think? No, yeah, I agree. I actually think they should swap. I think Elijah would be better in the slot and Wilson better on out. So that's just my opinion. Maybe he get more action, but who knows? But, yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah, no, I'm not mad at that. I'm going to keep it real. I, I think that that would work. We know Elijah Moore has the ability. Mike LaFleur at this point in time, I'm not sure if he's <laughs> actually doing what it is that uh, I think both of those guys need for him to do. And, you, and you're absolutely right. If you want to get Elijah Moore popping right now, you know, get him in the slot a little bit. You know, yeah. Get him in open field and open space where he can actually make those moves and be and be you know kind of the type of player that we expected to see him be. All he gas, getting open continuously no break. Last all season. Yeah, man. Right. All gas. Yeah, look, no breaks at all when you're going to swap these guys and you kind of use them the way that they need to be swapped. Um. So realistically, we do have some questions about even Mike Lafleur. Let me kind of just take a step back real quick because. I was talking about this with my brother a little while ago. Um, my brother Ben, you know, he, he's in all of the, the chats and all that. So you guys understand what it is that we were talking about is how these rookies have kind of outpaced the growth that we're seeing from the rookie coaches, right? The players don't seem to be having any hiccups. You throw them in, you kind of throw them the ball, you put them in positions to be playmakers and they shine. They do exactly what it is that we're doing. It's coaches, on the other hand, these guys are young also. You know, Robert Sala in his second year, you know, Michael LaFleur, Jeff Ulbrich, you know, who, Jeff Ulbrich, who's been a defensive coordinator before and has maybe some decent success, but isn't quite necessarily ready for prime time here in New York. Um, These guys are all young for the most part, and they haven't been able to live up to the to the expectations currently. And I think that might be why it is that we're seeing some of the drama that we're seeing currently. Look, Robert Sala is going to be on the hot seat because that we see his comment and all of that. You know, the players love to hear it. But he hasn't been able to, you know, kind of shine in the position that we brought him in. Defensive-minded head coach, and we got one of the worst defenses in the league. Uh, Mike LaFleur, 
who, uh, you know, I, I might have stated it last week, wants to be the smartest guy in the room. And every now and again, he shows some some signs of being an intelligent guy. But he's also makes some boneheaded plays and some boneheaded decisions also. And I think that these guys just stopping short of calling them stupid. I think they're really arrogant and unimaginative in how it is that they are calling some of this stuff because they're refusing to understand that what it is that they're doing isn't working and they're not making any changes on the fly. That's, you know, really difficult. It, it, it really is hard, kind of hard to get to recognizing why it is that when you see stuff like this is not working, why these these smart, intelligent, you know, folks can't recognize that they need to make changes. Go back to the comments. Jerry Pettigrossi. Welcome back, Jerry. Thanks again for, for jumping on with us. We definitely appreciate you rocking. Alibaba Sala has to go. <laughs> Jerry Jet. Okay, yeah. I, look, I was calling Robert Sala. Um, uh, Xerxes a little bit in the beginning of the season. You know how that works. Oh, my man. This is awesome. Scott Kaliski. Scott, thanks for joining me, my man. I know I'm, I'm glad uh, as uh, you're following along with us. I'm glad to see you in the comments. Uh, reality smacked us fans back in the face really hard this week. You are absolutely right. I think coming off that uh, that remarkable come from behind victory against the Browns. Yeah, we kind of got snatched back to reality. It's a young team. you know. That's we, fool's we, gold. I, yeah. I didn't fall for it. Well, you know, I'm going to keep it real. I think I said it last <laughs> week also. This game reeked of letdown to me, right? Yes. I, I, you know, it reeked of letdown. And maybe, you know, it's me being scarred from, from being a Jets fan for as long as I have. But realistically, until we prove that we've learned how to win games. Exactly. Um, this is going to be difficult for us. So, uh, Scott, my man, I appreciate you. Love you, too. Um, maybe we got too excited for something that might not happen for another 20 or 30 years again. Whew, I'm really hoping that that's not the case. I don't know if I'm going to make it that far. Especially um, if the Jets keep playing like this, they're going to knock <laughs> at least 10 or 15 off off of this uh, this old gray beard's life. We're hoping to see some changes. And uh, I, look, I know that there's gonna be some conversation coming up about the coaching staff. And if we don't actually show improvement, that these guys are gonna be on the hot seat. And then yeah. coming into this, hoping that it wasn't gonna be a situation where everybody's just gonna be ready to burn it all down and start all over again. I don't think that would be fair to some of these young players, but realistically, it wouldn't be fair to them if these guys continue to, to coach the way that they've been coaching and not get the type of results. Let's I'm make sure we play team. like the f New York Jets. Man, I wish I can go get a snack right now because it's, <laughs> it's difficult for me. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Here. Right? You know what I'm saying? And 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 look, Robert Sala uh, and the receipt that he's going to get from some of this crow he's, he's going to have to eat over the course of these next couple of weeks if we don't show up is really going to be difficult to follow. Yeah. Um. Look, we, we have... We have some difficult conversations that we're going to need to have here, right? Because Robert Sala is either going to have to have a much more involved approach to this defense, or he's going to have to get rid of uh, Ulbrich. And I'm, I mean, look, Guy Fisher was just on with us a little while ago. Guy Fisher, I don't think there's a day that Guy and I discuss uh, Jets football without Guy really believing that we need to fire Ulbrich. And the more that we go, the more I'm starting to think, you know, there may be there may be some uh, some truth to that. It's unfortunate, but there really is no way to get beyond it until we actually see these guys step up to the plate. Um, I also recognize this. and I, I think I said this a couple of weeks ago, and I, I, I know um, when I was when I was on Weapons Hot with my brother CJ uh, that I discussed how it is that this defense always seems to have a hole that gets exploited in it. And as of right now, that hole biggest day um, is, you know, the Marcus Joyner, I think. Um talked about miscommunications earlier between uh sauce and lamarcus joiner and and sauce is a bright spot man i mean think about this he held jamar chase to six receptions and literally what under under 50 yards come on now that's that's basically a donut you know what i'm saying that's almost that's almost revis 2009 lockdown type of pressure i mean i, I know we saw some of the highlights in the snowman and and, and you know after a pass breakup sauce and dj reed man without if, if we had you know 11 of those guys, I don't think that we'd be in the situation that we're talking about right now. So really difficult coming out of this game. And, I, you know, I know I haven't touched upon everything, but I'm going to keep it real. I want to move on. I really don't like the way that that's making me feel. It's giving me agita. It's giving me a headache. It's making me feel like I want to go back and, uh, you know, have a couple of drinks or, or, or pull on something I know I'm not supposed to be smoking anymore. So let's move on. All right. Um, you know what? You, you got a clip? You got that sauce play. Let's throw that up because that that is uh, – that's that's next level football right the there. Line, T. Higgins, and he's out of bounds. Burrow did get drilled. 
Yeah, so this is pretty much highlights of Sauce locking down Jamar. Yeah, look at look at this. Are making there we go. Here it comes, here it comes. This is what I'm talking about. Long ball separation couldn't locate it. Jamar Chase. Nice yeah. well, there, there's your boy there, Jamar. Jamar yeah. Chase, look, a, a, a young and hungry guy, upcoming guy, and really wasn't able to get off this game. End, you nailed it about LaMarcus Joyner figuring it out. Here he comes, that's it. Nah. Yeah, I think, I think they actually called that one in, right? Yeah, I think they overturned that one. That was the one that they actually allowed. But uh, realistically, you know, when you when you have guys like that, it's really difficult to keep them out of the end zone. Just just keep it real. The, uh, they've got probably one of the best wide receiving cores in the league, and I think it was it was borne out in the stats. Uh, T had a had a had a huge day. There's no way that we can do that when we when the defense is on the field for you know 75 percent of, of of the time. Um, let me go back in the in the chats real quick because I know my, my guy Scott is is coming in. You realize what was going to happen? Yeah, um, I I think we're we're all kind of recognizing what's going to be what in that. Um, they should. I haven't seen any different from last year to this year. Our coaches still don't know how to make in game adjustments. No true words have been spoken until we actually see it. It's going to be really difficult to to uh, you know kind of have a different opinion on this. Um, it it just it doesn't look good for what it is that we're you know supposedly improving on sauce is that guy man as a, someone that played cornerback in 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 school and you know, even before i jacked my knees up uh in college this guy is special i don't think there's any doubt about that this guy is special he's he's, he's, a, he's the type of talent that is going to here's, make that, here's that deep pass right here here it comes look at him in position the whole way let's get that out of here let's get that out of here snow angels snow angels you look one of the one of the very few bright spots that we have in on this team as of right now are the first year guys the guys that are you know that are you know literally they don't know any better they've not been here you know to kind of be a part of that same old Jets philosophy we haven't even discussed Max Mitchell yet George fan who looked like uh the, the hot garbage this weekend and you know I understand he's dealing with a knee injury and all of that but last season he looked like he was one of our best offensive linemen now I'm gonna keep it real Max Mitchell is looking like uh you know he might be two or number three uh Ernest hello there we have talent to go to man defense. Look, from your lips or from your thumbs or, or whatever it is that you're typing on, <laughs> that. Also, our D-line rotations can be much better. Why not put J.J. and Clemens on the ends and let them fly? Look, I'm going to keep it real. I agree with that. I think the rotations are really limiting what it is that we can do. I personally am looking forward to see what it is that Bryce Huff can do. And the kid's been inactive. But, I mean, if you want to give, you know, a, a speed rush some chance, I think that's the kind of that's the guy you have to move up. Look, JJ, um, Clemens, they're young guys. Um, I do believe that they should be more involved in the rotation. Um, but I mean, as of right now, and to keep it real, if if Carl Lawson and and my personal you know kind of idea would be have Lawson and uh, and Huff on the outsides, and we can let Quinnen and JFM eat up the middle, I think that would be probably the best defensive uh, line combination that we can put out on the field. I think JFM, you know, everyone's kind of feeling like he disappeared, but he's playing outside most of the time. I think even going back to last season after when we – after, the, you know, the contract extension, uh, we talked about how it is that he was better suited for Pat – from rushing from the inside where he has, a you know, a little bit of a, of a speed advantage. And being on the outside, he's much – he's you know, I, I think he's just, a you know, a little bit too big to be an edge and be effective in this type of defensive front. And we need more speed. I mean, we can't have four guys trying to bull rush every single time. It just doesn't work. Um, so we, we have some work that needs to be done in that regard, and that's difficult. But realistically, guys, if y'all want to talk about this, if y'all got some comments that y'all want to give, obviously the hotline is open, 201-256-1799. Hit your boy up, and we can discuss it. We can talk about it. Um, yes. What, what, what I want to, to, to really kind of uh, do as of right now is to kind of move a little bit to what it is that we can expect to go forward with the – Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers kind of looking a little uh, little rough right now. Mitch Trubisky isn't really having the best time as of right now. But Mike Tomlin, being the Hall of Fame caliber coach that he is, doesn't necessarily see that Kenny Pickett is ready, which means we're going to have, you know, maybe a little bit of, a, of an advantage uh, depending upon what we do <laughs> at quarterback this week. And, I mean, Zach coming back I think is obviously better than both those guys. Um, but Zach coming back this week is going to have to, again, knock off some rust. Um, so while I am excited about the possibility 
And I do think that's going to open up a little bit more of what it is that we would like to do with this offense. I personally don't think that if Zach comes back, um, we're going to see him throw 50 times. I, I would like uh, Zach to stay anywhere between the 20 and 25, maybe 26, 27 attempts. And then I would like to see Michael Carter and Brees Hall just pound the rock. And Steelers defense, I mean, it's a formidable defense, um, but they are missing uh, the defensive player of the year last year in, in TJ Watt. So I think that gives us a little bit of an opportunity. We also can't forget um, that their defensive backfield is pretty solid also with Minka Fitzpatrick back there and some of those other guys. We also are going to have challenges because they've got some really big body wide receivers that are going to pose some threats to DJ and Sauce. Um, but also, if I just kind of looking at how it is that we're constructed, um, we're going to have some challenges because we still have hot garbage uh, joiner uh, back manning the, bet, betting the, 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 the whole outfield back there. So, you know, I don't know, JR. Give me an idea, man. You think I'm wilding in this? Or, I mean, what do you think uh, we're looking, our, our prospects look like going into the Steelers? I don't know, but I'm expecting to lose this game coming up. I know it's a rough Steelers team, but then again, yeah, it's, look, it's I, us too. So, I'm not. Look, look, I, yeah. look un, un, until until we actually prove that we can win these games. Yes, that's what I'm saying. And I, I don't see us. I mean, I look, don't know, I, man. I, I, I see us going into this and trying to be competitive. Um, but I'm also a little a little worried about how it is that the coaching staff is going to bounce back from this, right? Um, realistically, right, right. That seems to be, you know, a, a major stumbling block for us, right? You can have players, and and star players can only, you know, overcome, you know, less than less than stellar coaching for, uh, you know, a certain amount of time, but. When, right. is that when you have guys that can produce, then you need to put them in situations that, where they can be successful. And unfortunately, these guys are just not doing that. So, and, uh, we, and we need to hurry up and start producing in like the next, you know, three years because sooner or later, these guys going to be <laughs> gone. Yeah, Probably, man. We ain't going to keep, you know what I mean? Can't keep them on. We've, we've always had issues with being able to, uh, you know, kind of keep our, our young guys and in, in sign them in the second contracts, which is why. I think when we saw John Franklin Myers get paid, I think that that kind of sent a message to the locker room that if you're here and you perform, that you'll get paid. All now, right. I guess the problem is, is that we haven't seen him live up to that contract up until this point. But I also think that part of him not living up to that has been the way that this coaching staff is actually using him. And I don't want to continue to make excuses right. for getting blown out, especially at, at home games when we've got so many of our Jets brothers and sisters that work hard for their money and they end up going to a game where we get lackluster performance, um, you know, and I, I, I am definitely not going to be the one that, that says that we need to have patience right now, even though truly in my heart, I believe that, that it's really difficult um, to ask for patience when we've been so bad. Right. So we, we, we kind of need to, you know, as, as much as I, I hate to say this, um, we kind of do need to, to maybe look at things from a lens where, there may be some grace that we can give, but it, it's only because we understand that Zach has not been playing yet. And until Zach comes back and really shows us the most important aspect of what it is that we needed to see this season, you know, right. all, all, all of this we're going to need to take with a grain of salt. So, you know, Zach coming back with a one and two record, um, I, I think anybody that, that would have seen that coming in, if, if, if we were told that that's what it was going to be. Um, they would have signed up for it. I know me personally. Nah, that's I know, true. I know that I, I, I would have. You know what I'm saying? But you know what scares me? His first preseason game, he throws an interception and then he jukes and hurts himself. That's what I, you know what I mean? I know it's only like three plays, but but damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I get you. But yeah. At this point, it, it's supposed to be more than what it is that we've seen. And, and we're all disappointed. You know what I'm saying? Me, me more than anyone. I've been a Jets fan 40 years. I remember what it was like, you know, to see Kenny O'Brien throw touchdowns. I remember what it was like you know, to go through the disappointment of Browning Nagel, who was supposed to be the second coming. And, you know, the guy crapped the bed uh, almost routinely. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've been through, you know, the Mark Sanchez. I've been through, you know, the Gino. And, I mean, y'all know my stance on Gino. I know a lot of folks might not necessarily agree with me on that. But, functionally, I kind of thought we should have gave Gino a shot. I know people don't like it. And hindsight is what it is. But, right. you know, Gino Smith is still in the league winning games for the Seahawks. And uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is, is sitting on the sideline uh, being salty about Tom Brady not liking him. So, you know, I, I, I think, we, you know, there was there was something to that um, when you're talking about how to fundamentally build a football team. And I think we deviated from that. And while 2015 was fun, I just think it was a bad idea. But, you know, I've been through all of that. And right now, you know, I was a guy who, you know, I got recruited at USC. So I was hoping that maybe, 
um, you know, Sam was going to be a guy that, uh, you know, was going to do something for us. And unfortunately, <laughs> didn't, didn't do well. And my brother was a USC fan, says you can never trust USC quarterbacks. And that's uh, true. I, I think it panned out that way. Um, Christian Hackenberg, been through all of that, too. Zach has talent. There's no doubt. Is this organization going to ruin him? Well, we, we, we seem to do that a lot. So, <laughs> well, look, it, that remains to be seen, but I'm going to keep it real. They did what it is that they were supposed to do um, in, in, in bringing in talent uh, for him. You know what I'm saying? I used to tell CJ, and CJ will, CJ will back me up on this. I used to say we gave uh, you know Sam Darnold dirt rocks and a slingshot, and what it is that we need are we need anti-tank missiles and, and, and rifles and, 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 you know, you know, rockets and all of that stuff. Right. And they've certainly they've certainly given them some rockets. You know what I'm saying? We got we got Elijah Moore, who I think is great. We've got Garrett Wilson, who I'm mean, gonna keep it real. The sky's the limit with this kid. You know, even what it is that we saw with Tyler Conklin, I think that bodes well for you know maybe some of the checkdowns and some of the opening you know sections of our of, of our the middle of the field that are going to be necessary for us to run. Let's check what Scott has to say. Scott's a really smart Jets fan. I don't have a problem with only running the ball 20 times a game. As long as we run the offense the way it's supposed to be run, we're supposed to use short, quick passes as runs. You know, I'm not mad at that either. But Flacco has no idea how to run this offense. That's why White needed to be playing. He showed last year that he knows how to run it. Why do you ask, does he know how to run the offense? Because he ran it in college. That's the problem with Zach. He doesn't know how to run this offense. I think that was a little bit of the growing pains that we saw from Zach. It's a phenomenal comment, Scott. A really a lot of insight. Joe Flacco was, was the reason why he was starting over Mike White was because in times of pressure that veteran presence was supposed to be kind of a you know a, kind of a a calming factor and they call him joe cool but uh, he was anything but cool um this past week and you know and there was some offensive line pressure but you know let's not forget that that was again part of the reason why we thought that joe flacco was supposed to be the guy right and he wasn't <laughs> the guy all of that, all of that comment nonsense talking about Joe Flacco should continue to start if he plays well. It's in the comments like Joe 2.0 and all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> right? Because that, that was kind of what it is that we were thinking. And, and realistically, knowing that this iteration of Joe Flacco was the norm, <laughs> giving him any more time when really the, 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 the bottom line about what it is that we're trying to get, we're trying to see what Zach Wilson is. If Zach Wilson is healthy, he needs to run. And realistically, if Zach Wilson, maybe even if Zach Wilson isn't healthy, I'm not sure if I would go back with Joe Flacco anyway. I'm a guy that, that, that believes that maybe either it's Mike White or we call up Strebler. You know, I, I personally, I am want to embrace the youth movement, right? I think that bringing in the young guys, it gives us an opportunity to see what it is that we have going forward. And just like Max Mitchell, who folks didn't think was ready and we threw him out there and he's he's proven to be up to the task i think you got to let these guys play i've said it if i've said it once i've said it a million times the only way that you get better at playing football is by playing football we're going to be coming up against it here in just these next few minutes um but i kind of wanted to talk about the expectation for these steelers games right the pittsburgh steelers have what it is that we don't have and that is a proven coaching staff even if we match up well when it comes to the talent of the players on the field, and I think we do in some respects, um, I think the difference in that is going to be coaching. Robert Sala and his file cabinet worth of receipts as of right now is going to have to maybe write another check uh, this week. And he's going to make sure that he has to have funds in there that's going to cover this check. Because if he continues on this path, it's going to be difficult for him to recover from it. Now, I'm not saying he's going to lose the locker room by any stress because I think the players love him, but the fans are going to make it really, really difficult on these guys um, going forward if we actually don't start to see some production coming from us. Scott Kalisby made a, a great point. We don't care if we're only running the ball 20 times. Realistically, if we won 20 yards, we should, if we run 20 times, we should still have more than 100 yards um, from our backfield. Um, but also, if we're only running 20 times, that means we're, we're passing – 35 to 40 times. And I don't like that. If what it is that we're getting from those 30 passes, 35, 40 passes is eight to nine targets for Garrett Wilson, eight to nine targets for Elijah Moore, and, you know, maybe five to seven targets for Tyler Conklin and a couple of screen passes to the running backs coming out of the backfield. I think that actually works well for us. And I think that would be the type of balanced offense um, that I think we'll be successful in. And what I'm hoping actually to see from Zach Wilson when he makes his comeback Hopefully, fingers crossed, ladies and gentlemen, and toes and eyes and the whole thing. Hopefully, um, this week is what it is that we'll get. So, look, we're looking forward to what it is that we're going to get from Zach. Um, we are unfortunately uh, not quite yet 
given uh, the ability to, you know, kind of see exactly where it is that we can be. But what it is that my expectation is, is that we're going to have a rough game against the Steelers. Um, but if Zach comes back and looks even remotely capable, it's going to be a tough game for them just as much as it's going to be for us. So what yeah. is your predictions for the game? Wow, difficult. Uh, my predictions, but but re real talk. Brees Hall and Michael Carter are going to have 120 yards rushing between the two of them. Mm, okay. Especially if Zach does come back. We're going to see Garrett Wilson. We're going to see him and Elijah Moore probably have similar statistics this week. Um, I think Zach gives us an opportunity to spread the ball a little more than what Joe does. Uh, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that we kind of see some improvement from the offensive line. I know they were talking about Dwayne Brown being able to come back at some point. I know they said he's been practicing. I say we sit George Fant and allow Max Mitchell to continue to cook on the right side. Um, I don't think you take that guy out now. I think he's shown way too much at this point. Um, and I also think that it would probably be a little bit of a mental setback for him if you yanked him out now. Um, I think he's really feeling confident in his own game, and that's something that we like. We've got four out of five of our uh, offensive line kind of set, and, uh, you know, until we kind of try to figure out exactly what it is that we're going to do on the left side, I think it's going to be difficult uh, for us to stabilize. Um, but what it is that I do know, we need to shoot Connor McDermott into the sun. He needs to be out of here ASAP like yesterday, like two or three years ago. The guy's a bum. Um, I don't think anybody will disagree with that. There needs to be something else done. And uh, Joe Douglas, I'll just be honest, if he's watching this product on the field and he's not working guys out right now, he's not doing a good enough job in his role as GM. We need to do something else, um, especially with a young quarterback coming off of injury. Scott, again, great point. What's the difference between the Steelers? It is most definitely coaching. Um, oh, that's right. Excuse me. So he can't come back until after Pittsburgh. Does that mean we're stuck with, uh, with Connor McDermott? I don't like it. Jared, you know what the uh, the prognosis is on Fant? I mean, is he out, out, or is he is he just injured? Or, I, or I can look that up. I can look that up real quick for you. Yeah, man, I didn't want to do that. But I, I think he may be questionable. I don't think we're going to have the same type of game on the offensive line that we had last week. So, um, you know, we, we do what it is. Um, so it, it just said Fant uh, won't practice Wednesday and is not expected to play in Sunday's mm -hmm. contest. That's not good. Um, that means that we're going to be limited to Connor McDermott. That's dangerous. Wow, that's difficult. Yeah, my expectation is we're, we're going to, you know, hopefully <laughs> play more competitive, but more than likely we, we might not win. Um, and that's difficult. I do believe that as that comes back, we remain a little more competitive than what it is that we've seen. Um, but it's going to be difficult going forward. Let's uh, let's all keep our fingers crossed um, until we actually do win. It's going to be difficult for me to say that I, I would, you know, expect us to win anything. Um, I do believe that when Zach comes back we put up at least more of a fight um, but it may take him two or three games to kind of get back into game shape um, and until that happens I don't know it's going to be difficult the score prediction you know, let me keep it real I don't think that Najee has a game right I mean even though we, we've seen them be right you know I mean the run game is is probably the the one bright spot in all of what it is that we're we're dealing with um, outside of the cornerbacks. That's crazy. You can stuff the run, but can't get no sex. Yeah, man. I mean, look, I, I, what we held Joe, we held Joe Mixon to what, 30, 40 yards, something like that. I mean, yep. it was. that guy is, you know, he's one of the, one of the first running backs in fantasy almost every year. So, I mean, obviously there's something to the fact that he's a prolific kind of a running back. And, and I guess as a, as a defense, we're, we've been pretty good in that regard. It's difficult. I think they may be able to pass on us. I think they're going to, again, focus on what it is that we don't do well. That middle part of the field, that middle deep uh, part of the field where LaMarcus Joyner has been out there, uh, you know, kind of looking lost. Um, and also, you know, having, you know, miscommunications with the rookies. Uh, him, and, him and Sauce for back-to-back -back weeks right now. They haven't played well, right? Um, so, I don't know. Um the Steelers score maybe three, four touchdowns. It could be, you know, 31 if they kick a field goal. And, you know, if anything is, uh, you know, correct. Uh, with our offense, I think we score at least three to four. Um, so I would say 31-21 Steelers. Um, in a perfect world, let's just say it'll be 28-21 um, if Zach Wilson comes back and we kind of get the production that I'm hoping that we get out of the running game. So a little optimistic. Right. little optimistic for me. I'm looking forward to seeing what it is that Zach brings to the table. Realistically, that's the whole point. What does Zach do? Right. What does Zach do? Um, and until we actually see what it is that he does, I don't know. Gerald, what do you think? What, what are, give me some predictions uh, on what is that, how you think it's going to shake out. Man, I, tell you the truth, I just switched my prediction like right now. Like <laughs> I just, just switched it. So 
I believe that Zach Wilson's going to come out of this game and show off for us. For some reason, I just got that gut feeling just this last second that Zach Wilson's going to come out and show out. He ain't going to quite throw 300. It's going to be around 275, two TDs, no picks. The run game's solid, and I got the Jets in a gritty game down to the wire, a 21-17 to game, and we actually make a defensive stop. Let's go, baby. I'd buy that for a dollar, no question. All right, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, once again, I thank all of y'all for rocking with us tonight. Um, we're yes. still growing. We're still building. Tell your friends. We got the hotline. You can call in. You can vent. You can give your predictions. You can tell us what it is that you like and what you don't like. Um, and you can just, uh, you know, share some of your Jets wisdom um, if you want to tell stories or whatever it is or what it's like to be a fan. Me, I've been a Jets fan 40 years, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to tell you this. As, as long as I can remember. I remember my dad, God rest his soul, excuse me. My dad, you know, kind of uh, hung around with Bobby Jackson back in the day. And that's nice. was my that was my introduction uh, to the Jets. My Uncle Richard. Uh, was a water boy for the Jets, uh, you know, got got the opportunity as I was growing up to go see him at Hofstra. Oh, nice. um, you know, when I graduated from uh, from Westbury High School on Long Island um, and that that year I was able to ride my bike down that way. You know what I'm saying? It's a little bit away from from Westbury, about an hour. Um, but I mean, to see what it is that they had going on, I was really excited. I um, actually got to work, uh, you know, security for one of the camps so as, as I got older a little bit going into college and all of that, too. So it was really exciting. Um, I've never been a fan of another team. The Jets has been it, and I don't necessarily know if that's going to change Same anytime here. soon. It's not going to change anytime soon. So I have an open forum for all Jets fans, and I'm so thankful for the folks that come in. Scott, Guy, uh, my brother, uh, uh, who, who else we got in the car? My man Thomas Gutman, that's what I'm talking about, fire prediction. Yep. Great point, uh, Tom. Thank you very much. Ernest, thank you very much. I know we had a few other guys that jumped in earlier. Guys, I appreciate y'all rocking with me. I'm so thankful that you decided to hang out. I apologize about the, the about the background over here. I am in tra- I'm in flux right now uh, because I just moved, and this was kind of the only open space that doesn't have clutter and trash. Uh, next time it'll come back in. We'll have some uh, we'll have some jet stuff in the background, and we'll represent this team as fully as we possibly can. But once again, Jets Launchpad Podcast Monday, seven thirty to eight thirty. You can always give us a call here at event to talk trash or or to just you know kind of be as positive as we like to stay. <laughs> Again, 201-256-1799. Uh, we'll also be posting the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, and uh, we're going to make sure that we give those guys a shout-out. Errol Marks, Speedy Petey, my guys, we appreciate you guys. Jets World, and our guys, the, the Guru, and Kevin Robbins, and all of those guys. My man, JR, is doing yeah. phenomenal work with producing these shows. Um, listen, I couldn't do it without you, my guy. really appreciate it. Um, thank you very much for doing what it is that you do. Uh, Robbie Jersey, CJ D. Simone, still in my heart, always with us, brother. You have a standing invite. Anybody else that wants to rock with us, please do not forget Monday between 7.30 and 8.30. I know we're going to try to get you in so that the Monday night game is not missed. As we finish up just right, right about now, I do just want to thank everybody for coming in. Uh, Thomas, I appreciate you, my man. Thanks again. Uh, what's up to you, my man? Appreciate you. You're jumping on with us. Tom, we need you guys to call in. Scott, call in, man. We, we can have uh, we can have some spirited debate. It'll, it'll be awesome, and I, I really <laughs> would appreciate to talk to you guys. Monday Night Football. What do, who, who do you got tonight on Monday Night Football? I don't even know. Uh, Giants-Cowboys. Oh, that's right. It's a big game. I should know that. Man, that's, that's going to be a tough one because Cowboys yeah. backup, quarterback, uh, Giants 2-0. and I'm going Cowboys. You know, I want to go Cowboys, but you know, I'm gonna keep it real. I'm, I'm a I'm a New Yorker. I think that the Giants saw some problems with their coach, and Dave Ball is doing a phenomenal job. Saquon appears to be back. As much as I don't like or trust that Daniel Jones is the guy, um, I do think that uh, you know, limiting what it is that he does by having that uh, effective run game, the best possible way for them to continue to win. Right. Um, I do think that the Cowboys are going to pose a serious challenge for them tonight, and it could go either way, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but I want to be positive. I want to keep the, the the positive mojo going in New York, and I want to see the Giants pull this one out. Um, hopefully, it'll be a close game. We'll see what the Giants' defense can do tonight to kind of stop what Dallas's offense is putting down. It'll be a close game, I think. But uh, I'm getting ready to tune in as soon as I wrap up here. Final thoughts as we wrap this up. With regards to the Jets, we have an opportunity, ladies and gentlemen, to see something that we've never seen before, and that is a playoff-caliber team being put together going to require a little bit more than drafting guys picking up free agents it is going to require the maturation of our coaching staff i said earlier that our players have their player growth has been outpacing the growth of the coaching staff and i think that's obvious when you watch the film 
but what it is that I am not willing to do at this point is to just give up and say that we need to get rid of these guys yet. You know, we, we always talk about how it takes two or three years to watch a, to, to watch a player actually grow into who it is that we expect that he's going to be. And while I know that Robert Sala is probably not going to get as much of a leash to ha have, you know, kind of mediocre seasons uh, for the next two, what it is that I would expect is to see improvement. We haven't seen it just yet. Right. And I'm not under any illusions that what we've seen so far is alarming. But I also want to say that it's early. We still don't have all of our players playing at 100 percent, nor do we have our supposed franchise quarterback on deck behind center uh, behind center. Yeah. So as much as I hate to say it, I want to say let's give these next two weeks before we completely and total mutiny. Um, I do want to just say what well, what it is that we want to do is we want to kind of give a little bit of grace in this because I know Robert Sala. I know the type of guy he is, the type of coach he is. The players love him. The locker room loves him. They believe in him. And the players at this point in time have been letting him down. And that actually has a lot to do with his deficiencies at coaching. He's still a young coach. Mike LaFleur, maybe some of the, the, the questions that we have with his play calling and personnel decisions, he is also still a young coach. I mean, we have talent on this team. There's no question about that. Um, being able to put it all together. I think DJ Reed said it best uh, last week, and he said we still haven't played complimentary football yet. Um, it looks like we're moving a little bit away from that, at least defensively. Um, but I also, again, want to say that, you know, we, we're seeing our defense play much more than what it is that we want them to. And when Zach Wilson comes back, I think this next two or three games is going to give us an idea about what it is that we can expect going forward. Um, and realistically, Everything that we're seeing right now is, I don't know, it's, it's one of them things you take with a grain of salt because we don't have Zach on the field. Now, there's a lot of folks out there that don't necessarily believe in Zach Wilson just yet, and I can't say that his story is fully written in my eyes either. But what it is that we do know is that the kid has talent. And if that kid can come in and even play, you know, top 15 quarterback play with the offensive weapons that we have, this offense can actually really be special. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm really excited about what that's going to bring. Hopefully, that'll give us an opportunity to not play as much defense as we're playing. I mean, maybe that will give us an opportunity to not have to, have, uh, to, to you know, kind of change the offensive game plans because we're not playing from behind as much as we are, right? So, you know, again, welcome to the pad. Thank you very much for hanging with us. Just launched pad every Monday at 730. Going to go to 830 in the Worldwide Sports Radio Network uh, for my super producer, J.R. Broward, for myself, Kevin Spotty Blackman Jackson, uh, for all of the guys and ladies that are tuned in tonight and have either called in or left comments. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you. Tell your friends to come in. We can actually enjoy some spirited conversation on the hotline, 201-256-1799. For my guys, Errol Marks and Speedy P at Worldwide Sports Radio Network. If you haven't downloaded the app, please, you can get that in the Apple Store. You can get that in the Google Store um, on either platform. I'm signing off. Thanks again for dropping in. Peace. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.